0: You're listening to the Stream Grace Network.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside the Man Box. I am Rick Fry. We're playing man noises. We are brought to you by Oneness Ministries, and you can find out. Everything you need to know about us by going to our website, oneness-ministries.org. And if you want to donate to this podcast, you can go to that same website and go to the podcast tab. And we have Facebook and Twitter, and you can go on there and tell us how great we are. My guest today is Jessica Hardwick. Hi, Jessica. Hello there. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. You seem a little timid. Slightly. It's a little bit uh, You'll <laughs> get nervous. a little closer to your mic, yeah. yeah. No reason to be nervous. I've never killed an interviewer. E. Oh, that's good I've had a few that wanted to kill me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, the re- you know, the reason I want... You know that 70% of the people that listen to this show are women? Oh, really? I did not know that until um, Jeremy Griffith pointed it out to me, that only 30% are men, so... I thought, well, then I'm giving all this men man perspective. And I thought I should have women on here and let them give their perspective on men's behaviors. Okay. That was a mistake. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely have a perspective. Women definitely have a perspective. But the reason I have you here is that because um, it's this I... I I struggle with how to say this because I don't want to, I don't want to say, well, you, you're different. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you bring, you bring an air of, let's see, unchurchiness Hmm. with you when you come here to oneness. And we've done, you've done, uh, we, we did a new wine interview with you and I think you've been on the three. Yes, I have. Yep. And I've always noticed that and appreciated it. And I I just want to know why. What makes you, was it that you were saved late and you weren't affected by church stuff?
0: Actually, no, I I believe I, you know, I, I remember uh, being really young, four years old, throwing rocks at God for falling off my bike. So there was some <laughs> awareness of him even before I was even, you know, told about him. Um, I remember an experience when I was 14, Uh, being at a church. um, And if I can say this, slain in the spirit, I guess, uh, walked away from that, you know, pretty different. But, you know, growing up in the four walls of a church, no, uh, not at all. Not until later in my life. um,
1: Okay, tell me about being slain in the spirit. (laughs) Because this is, is this a, a sort of a charismatic? church thing you know
0: I guess so I'm not familiar with titles and names and you know what things are I had just went to this um event with my cousin and um we listened to I guess it was an evangelist he was like a traveling speaker and um we for whatever reason I was down there it was I don't even remember why you know I went but um how old were you at this time I was 14 14 okay mm-hmm. And whatever the message was being spoken, I went down front and um, was praying and then just began speaking a different language. Hmm. And it um, scare you? You know, I wasn't scared. Hmm. I, I wasn't scared um, at all, actually. I was quite excited hmm. and intrigued. Um, and, you know, I can think of, you know, following after that, I probably was trying to quote unquote live a better life. Um, Yet, you know, I didn't find myself, you know, searching more at that time, you know, diving into the Lord or anything like that. Um, But I was all, I've always felt an awareness of him, always lived in a place of feeling something else was there.
1: I remember an event in my life, and this was probably 1974. When this happened I'm, I know I was in my early 20s and I was listening to a, a radio program called the 700 Club with uh, Robinson. I can't remember his first name and they were they were praying in that uh, a language they were yeah. praying in tongues mm-hmm. and I remember thinking if, if, if that's real, I, I want it. So I began asking God, I said, if this is real, if the, if this language of the spirit is real, I want it. And, you know, I knew it had to come from him. And one day driving home, this is when I did all of this driving to work and from, and back home from work, I said these syllables and it scared the hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and I put up my fingers in a cross and I said, I rebuke you, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> and then i let it go because i just i said that uh, i it's, i can't control this this is too weird yeah. and then it was probably 6 8 months later where i felt god saying that was from me yeah and that is a gift for you and so i pursued it mm-hmm. and i became involved in that uh, a strict little baptist guy I was going to say boy, but I was a man at that time. But I was, I was confirmed Baptist, and now I had this thing that was totally anti-Baptist. Yeah. So I began seeking out other people to talk about it. So it's, it's still, it's still with me. Yeah. Now, and I want, I want your opinion on this. Yeah. But because of my relationship to God and my closeness to God at this point, and I realize Holy Spirit lives in me and is always speaking to me, I don't need that language anymore.
0: I agree. Um, I'll say I did, once I got a little church, if you will, um, there was like the drawing on that, if you will, like Uh the the teaching of the drawing on that. And of course, I wasn't afraid of it because I had had it, Uh had that experience. And so I was definitely open, you know, to experiencing that. Sure. And, and I did. Um, but I will say when I began to become unchurched, it was one of the things that seemed to not be prominent anymore. And there was a season where I even questioned my salvation because um, the seven years that I was in walls um, became very uh, cultish-like. And I didn't realize that until after, like, Mm -hmm. coming out was like, wow, this was um, really unhealthy but perceived as the right thing to be doing. And this is the healthy thing when it was absolutely not. And so... um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) You talk about... I, I went to this thing in... Houston a few years ago, and we went... I had no idea what this was, what we were going to. We wanted to see Steve McVeigh, because we had Mm -hmm. several of his books. And Steve McVeigh, at that point, unknown to me, had become an inclusionist. Now, inclusionism is um, almost universalism, where everybody's saved. What Jesus did was for everybody, and you are automatically in. Mm -hmm. That's universalism, and there's somewhere in between I don't know, but, but they became very exclusive when we didn't agree with them mm. because I was saying there's nothing in Scripture to support what you're saying that I can see, mm. and then they started ignoring us oh. because of what you just said. As long as you agreed with what the church was teaching, you, you were okay. Yes. But once we start disagreeing, questioning, it, it's kind of like being a Democrat, you're silenced. (laughs) You're silenced. Yeah. So I understand. I understand what you're saying. When you threw rocks at God, (laughs) what do you think was going to happen?
0: You know, I don't think I cared. I had that kind of personality where I fell off my bike and scraped up my knees, and I was mad, Mm -hmm. and somebody was going to be blamed for that. And, <laughs> and I vividly remember halting rocks up in the air, throwing them at God and telling him, God, why did you let me fall off my bike? Like it was all his fault, mm-hmm. which, you know, I can see a pattern in my life of blaming him, um, blaming God <laughs>
1: oh, when simply
0: do. that was a uh, gravity pulling my little self <laughs> to the ground. I probably didn't even know how to pedal at the yeah. time. <laughs> Gravity's
1: not just a good idea. It's a law. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, so when did you, ex- okay? did you go through an experience of e- saying, okay, I accept, I believe in Jesus?
0: Oh, gosh. Yes, um, absolutely. And that, I guess I couldn't pin it to an age, but I definitely would say I was, you know, I don't know if, if I was a teenager. I just know that once I, you know, Was started going to church, there was that like Mm rededication. I wish I had a nickel.
1: I wish I had a nickel for every time I rededicated myself.
0: (laughs) Me too. I'd be a millionaire. (laughs) So,
1: and you, um, you were in California at that time, yes. You grew up in California, I
0: did. I was born in Las Vegas, um, Nellis Air Force Base, and grew up on the high desert. Oh man, what a great place! It is beautiful. I love the desert,
1: I love the desert, but I've my, my, I mean. We've driven across the desert several times, going to California, and coming back. Yes. But I actually got to experience the Sonoran Desert oh,
0: okay. in Arizona. That's beautiful. Oh,
1: in the spring, it is unbelievable.
0: Yes, I feel like these keep slipping. Sorry.
1: Really? No. There we go. There you go. Um, so, you loved California. Yes, I do. And we still do. I love
0: this. I love the weather in California, but I wouldn't. It's not home. Um, it's not home anymore, and I wouldn't move back, but I wish that I could make the weather here like there. Oh, that would be wonderful.
1: That would be great, yeah. I, mm. The older I get, the more I hate cold.
0: Yeah, no. I'm not a fan of it, never have been.
1: So where did you meet? You? You're married? Yes, I'm have married. have kids?
0: Yes, I have We have four kids. I actually was married when I was 19 okay. um, to Nathan, and uh, met him in California. He's actually from here. Oh, so, he is? Yes, and we, we were married in 98, so I think we're rolling on, like, 25 or four years this year? Because we were together a year before we were married, but anyhow, yeah, a long time.
1: And you have four kids, did you yes. say? And they're how old?
0: Um, Cheyenne's our oldest. She's 26. Uh, our son, Vic, is uh, about to be 25 and a father. I'm going to be a grandma. Oh, yeah. And uh, Natalie's 21 and Kaylee's 16.
1: Wow. So how are you, how are you with, how are you with the idea of being a grandma?
0: I'm excited. I guess I was at first a little nervous for my son because I know how much it takes to raise kids. Uh And I was a really young mom. So I probably brought a little bit of that to the table, but, um, uh, I'm, I'm excited. He lives in Utah, so I'm going to be a distant, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit of a distant grandma. Um, Mimi is going to be my name. I didn't want to be called <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, Lori, my <laughs> wife, is Italian, so mm. she, she insists on become, being called Nana. Or, uh, mm. What is it? What's the Italian? Um,
0: I'm not sure, but that was my mom, Nani. Yeah. Nani. Was Nani. my mom. That's right.
1: Nani. Yeah. It's not Grandma. No. Yeah. And I i don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm called Grandpa Rick.
0: That's sweet. Yeah. That's my husband doesn't carry their Papa. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's fine with however. Yeah.
1: Um, So what brought you to Oklahoma?
0: That's an interesting question because um, prior to coming here, probably around 2008 uh, and forward, we were experiencing like curtailment layoffs in California. My husband worked at a cement plant and, um, so that was kind of going off and on, and we toyed around with the idea of maybe moving back here. And I say that because we moved here very short, right when we were married. Um, like I said, Nate's part of his family's from here. And that didn't work out, so when we went back, I guess it was always an idea of coming back here, if you will. And my sister and her husband at the time, our families were really close, and he, her husband was completely out of work. So he started tossing stuff out to move, and Oklahoma, a job from Oklahoma had, had um, offered him a job. So long story short, we all moved out here, like a faith jump, we just moved.
1: Just loaded everything up in a U-Haul? We just loaded
0: everything. We sold our house in less than a day. Wow. And it um, and didn't even hit the market. My husband came out here, his brother got him a mediocre job. We lived off of our some of our retirement money um and now here we are like it's just life is is just rolled from there
1: what does he do now what does he do here?
0: he works for the railroad for Burlington Northern Santa oh, Fe that's
1: a that's a good gig
0: it is it, it took about a year mm-hmm. um he wasn't even looking really to get on there um heard about it through a family member started applying and it was a long process, but he got on, and he's been doing that for eight years. Do you
1: do? Are you, you stay home? Stay at home I mom? do.
0: I've always been able to be an at-home mom raising our kids, and now that they're, you know, not needing that constant, um, like it was, I'm learning who I am.
1: <laughs> ah, learning who you are. Yeah. Share that with us. Who are you? <laughs> well, shoot.
0: Um, I know myself as a as a wife and a mother, uh, but that's not my I want to say only identity it's a part that's a part of who I am but
1: um, and what you do and what I do
0: and a mother never ends and a grandmother that's gonna you know it never ends it's always a part but it's not the whole you know it's not the whole thing and I'm learning my my true identity in Christ um a little cute thing that I would want to share um moving here, I had a really hard time. I didn't really like Oklahoma. I mean, I didn't feel like the culture. I didn't feel like I acclimated well. I was a little crazy enough as churched and crazy as I was in California. I thought, why are we going to the Bible Belt? Um, And actually, I have found the most freedom coming to the most... I don't want to say religious state, but when you talk about the Bible Belt, um, you feel like you're getting locked into something crazy. <laughs> Let's say the most
1: religious region.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. And so when, one spring, I was in the backyard crying my eyes out on a Sunday because I wasn't in church and I was going through those emotions of um, things looking different. And I was just like, you know, Lord, make this place my home. And without a shadow of a doubt, immediately uh, the Lord said to me to make my home in Him. And I stopped in my tracks and knew exactly that was Him. And although things didn't just perfectly fall into place, um, He gave me something really strong to hang on to that, um, you know, that my, my... my fullness is truly all in him and he's all in me yes. and that's been that's been in that's been my journey these years that i've been here
1: do you have any idea how many people can't wrap their head around that identity
0: you know i i guess i don't
1: because as a counselor that's the first question i ask a guy who comes in And I said, who are you? And he said, I don't know. 95% have no idea who they are in Christ. It's an amazing thing that is hidden from us. And without, uh, I get real close to church bashing, but that's not my intent. It's most pastors and most church people have great intentions. They want to be pleasing to God. They want to do the right things. They want to say the right things. They want to believe the right things. But in doing that, they sometimes miss the truth. Yeah. And the truth is our identity is not wrapped up in what we've done. It's wrapped up in what Christ has done. That's right. Who we are. And there's a passage in John 14 where he said, I will abide in you. And Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans, which means fatherless.
0: Right.
1: I will abide in you. I will, I have to go away so the helper can come. Yeah. And I'm doing a, I'm doing an interview with Jeremy Saturday about how does God talk to us, hearing God. And I always say this, it doesn't make sense to me that Jesus will say, I'm going to go away so the helper can come. And then he not talk to us.
0: Yeah.
1: Just doesn't make sense to me. So the having that awareness of your true identity how does god talk to you
0: You know I don't hear him audibly but it's in, it's constantly inside I you know I'm if there's condemnation shame and guilt coming that's not that's not coming from the lord
1: Exactly right
0: and he defutes that in me um if you will if i'm now that i'm that i'm understanding what i'm hearing inside um, i could try to begin to maybe shame myself for like you know what shitting myself for something yeah. and it's it's that's just not the truth and he'll he'll bring words like you know me make make my home in him and he'll remind me of those truths, you know, the, just the, you know, it does, it's not, he'll, he'll, he'll speak to me through secular songs, you know, the, the, you know, the passionate love of the father that doesn't come in hymns and, um, you know,
1: praise and worship there, exactly. <laughs>
0: you know, and it's just, I think it's just, um, it's kind of hard to put into words, but there is a dialogue seemingly always going
1: on, and it's different for each of us. It is. It is different, yeah. Um, because because we're because of how we're uniquely made, he has made us so that we are uniquely able to hear him. Yeah. We don't hear him the same, it's- and we shouldn't hear him the same. Exactly. I don't want to hear him like you hear him.
0: Yeah. You know, um, when you were sharing that scripture, one that's been in me all week is, you know, Second Peter 1.3, where it says that he's given everything for life and godliness already, which I did a little, um, we do, uh, the class that I'm in on, on Monday, um, part of, day two is to research words and I looked up like already which seems you know maybe silly and lavished, and those are the two words used in that scripture that he has already given us everything deposited inside of us from before by the divine power and already was before like so already is something that's been there before I didn't ask for it right so it's tuning into what is already there and it says everything everything and that's just beautiful and that that's freedom Mm -hmm. that's freedom and that it doesn't need self um self-checked or approved by someone else
1: it doesn't i think about i think about the, the word everything and the word all because Paul, because in Ephesians it's the same thing we have all we need for life and godliness I'm paraphrasing yeah. but we already have it yes. and we have all of it and all our sins are forgiven and we're all saints yes. the word all in Greek means all. all
0: all all of it I don't know why we get tripped up over all I when all be- is all and that's all all is <laughs> that's right <laughs>
1: i'm gonna steal that <laughs> all is all and that's all there all, is. All is yeah yep. yeah that's all all is um so it's a wondrous thing to see and compared to me you're a young woman um who came into this truth by god's divine intervention What's the word I'm looking for? Intervening? Yes. He intervened and gave you the truth and you didn't have to work for it or struggle for it or strive for it or operate in contrast, live in the dark for a while so that you can understand what light is. He just gave it to you.
0: He did. And as a matter of fact, Um, he gave it to me in the time that I was questioning the most as far as I was, you know, living and tithing and going above that and searching and seeking for all of the blessings of God and wanting to be right with him. And, you know, we come out here and we did go to church for a couple years because I was trying to prove to those that were against us leaving, basically saying that we were not gods if we left. And so I came with a little baggage. So unpacking that, um, you know obviously the lord already knew what was said and he ar- he knew what i was struggling with inside and as i began to come to him sometimes plastered if i could just be frank and crying you know am i even saved in these different things those are the places that he loved me the most those are the places i heard him the most
1: when you say plastered you mean drunk oh yes okay yes no.
0: um <laughs>
1: and you know yes i've been there yeah i've gone home and I'm going, screw this, I'm drinking. Yeah. And just get falling down drunk. And there is no condemnation. There was no condemnation. God just, said, okay, we'll just enjoy this time and then I'll talk to you when you're finished.
0: Yeah. See, I carried a lot of guilt because I felt everything I did was wrong. And so I, I, I struggled with some of those spots, but I also found him directly in the middle of all of that.
1: I'm going to be, and I've never kept this a secret on on my podcast. I've talked about it several times. But for most of my adult life, I dealt with pornography. And there is a lot of guilt and shame in that. Yeah, Tons. And, you know, you just say, I'm disqualified. I felt I was disqualified because of that um, behavior pattern. And I... I was a christian i believed it, been a christian for since i was 18 and i still practiced it and one day i cried out to god please take this away and he said no you're not ready wow and that was crushing i was crushed by that yeah until a few years later he said okay you're free mm-hmm. oh and by the way you've been free the whole time nice <laughs> yes and he said when you were sitting in front of that computer monitor looking at that stuff guess who was sitting right with you i go you and he goes yes and he said and this is going to cause some heads to explode um he said i don't care yeah i care about you yeah. i don't care about what you look at okay. i created all of that now they've they've perverted it okay. looking at it, it's not good for you right it causes issues sin has its own consequences and they're not from god Mm -hmm. and he said i don't care look at it all you want to you have the freedom to look at that it's not a good idea but you have the freedom to do that and you know how much freedom there is and when god says you have the freedom to do something i no longer want it to
0: yes that, and that's, that's exactly, I think the same, you know, um, I come from a family of alcoholics. I wouldn't say that I was, this is funny, a habitual alcoholic, but I went to those places to escape mm-hmm. and to numb out. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, um, maybe for a few hours when you're, when you're non-coherent, but when you come back to, it's all still there. <laughs> it doesn't you know, go away. It doesn't go away, and and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, because I think that's what he shows he's shown me too.
1: Yeah, my, my dad was also an alcoholic, and killed him. It killed him.
0: Yeah, my grandfather it did. Not my grandmother. My other side had other issues. Alcohol was a bad idea, but methamphetamine was just fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it only causes you to lose your teeth. Yeah,
0: just a couple, <laughs> maybe all. Who knows. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, you stay away from that alcohol. But here, try some of this. Absolutely. Um, It's all the same. It's all and yeah. it's all. It's all a way, a, 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 a vehicle to try to get God to try to get what God's already given us. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the point of getting high or getting drunk or whatever. Uh, being involved in pornography. I'm trying to relieve myself of what God has already relieved me of. Exactly. Yep. It's an amazing thing.
0: It really is. Yeah.
1: So tell us about Nate.
0: Oh, my husband. I love him so much. He's a wonderful man. Um, he grew up church of Christ. Oh my can gosh. Can I say that on here? Yeah. Yeah. That's you can say rough. that
1: They um, love Jesus.
0: I mean, they do. It's
1: just different from how we love them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so, you know, I say that coming from that, I mean, it. I, I guess I just throw that out there because I guess we've all been churched on some level or another. We mm-hmm. hear about him some way or another, but, um, he's always been like a free spirit too. And, um, and he's not, uh, we went through the churchy stage together that, that actually what, what brought us to that was, you know, some life choices that were not working so well for our marriage. And, um, we were finding ourselves, you know, enjoying partying, but then not enjoying the, uh, distance that it was bringing between us. And so, um, we did the churchy thing together and we got out of the churchy thing together. But, um, he's, he's a brother, he has an older brother and a younger brother. And one lives out here, Jeremy, his older brother and Leslie, his younger brother still lives in California. Um, but he's always worked his tail off for us Um, and he spent 13 years at the cement plant in California and now he's he's uh, he's actually just started so he's been eight years with the railroad traveled pretty much anywhere that BNSF rail would go to (laughs) Um, and now he's working in Oklahoma City. What, so. he,
1: what, what did he do? for the, Was he like a engineer? Or
0: he's, a? He doesn't drive the trains. He, he actually went, they put him through school. Um, he's a, basically an electrician. Okay. Um, he does all the crossings. That's what he did. Oh,
1: okay. Yes,
0: so new construction or, um, uh, you know, fixing anything or putting anything new in, the crews would go and do all the all the electrical stuff, the arms, the everything you see at a crossing. You
1: know how much time I've spent at crossings cussing trains. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes. I still tell them move your trains off of this 33rd and uh, Kelly is terrible. It's
1: Terrible, yeah. But um, you said what I couldn't think of. And you mm. used the word free spirit. Oh yeah. Free spirit. I wrote down independent. Oh. But independent is we're not independent. We are right. totally dependent. Yes. But we can be free-spirited. Yes. And ha- and get outside of the box. Yes. That we're forced to live in yeah. in some places. Um, and I think that's the thing that I saw in you was this free spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, you said, I've always been different. I threw rocks at God and mm-hmm. I... Um, um, <laughs>
0: I would even call myself free. Like I'm just, I'm just a free spirit. And you know, I I kind of looked that up and I thought that's supposedly like one of the most religious things you can say. And I was appalled <laughs> at myself. I thought, how dare you line up with that hypocrisy? <laughs> Anyhow, but I, it's true. It is the freeness that I find in Him.
1: Uh-huh. Yes, and I have been too because I've always questioned, even even in my really really religious baptist years I'm going you know this doesn't line up yeah. there's something here that doesn't line up I don't know what it is but I want to find out and I started reading what was I? I started reading I guess Hebrews and I'm going this sounds better than what we have way better way better and I never had the courage to tell anybody but I spent my life comparing how I lived to how Paul lived. What a death trap. Yeah. I am not Paul. I was never intended to be Paul. I am not um, a missionary. I've been not I've not been called to the nations mm-hmm. to bring uh, pagans to Christ. Yeah. But yet we still try to emulate that. Yes. And if we don't, then the guilt and shame comes, which is not from God.
0: That's right. Right, Definitely seemed like a crazy process. When you got a mixed message, that's what you're going to have is uh-huh. a bunch of mixed craziness going on in the head. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's so important about knowing, you know, the covenant we are under and what was never meant for us to. What was never ours in the first place. And um, but when you mix the two, it feels like everything from the front of the page to the back of the page is still the thing that needs to be if you want to use the word practiced I that's what's coming to my head I don't like it myself but
1: I like the word
0: um definitely finding that it's it's all Christ it's always only been Christ that's what the old covenant pointed to and then we're looking back under the new covenant new creation Mm -hmm. whole new thing whole new people um, and figuring out who we really are.
1: And we're trying to make it compatible yeah. with the old. Yeah. We're trying to make it fit what the old says, and it
0: can't. It can't. That's the old wine and the new wineskins. The wine, yeah. old wineskins can't hold new wine. They're going to
1: burst. And, and the writer of Hebrews says the old is a shadow of the new, which means it has no substance. If it's a shadow, it has no substance.
0: Yeah. that's (laughs) Good.
1: And we try to give it substance. I am a manufacturer. I hear God in a different way than you do, and he says to me things. He says, I'm going to do this thing. And I go, great. I'm going to make it happen. (laughs) And I try to make it happen. And it never works. You can't manufacture God's love. You can't manufacture God's presence. I can't do any more. I can't do any positioning to get God closer to me. That's right. You can't do it. No. But we spend a lot of time trying.
0: Yeah, we do. And it's exhausting.
1: <laughs> it exhausting. So let's go get a drink. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's five o'clock somewhere. Sure.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Day drinking starts at noon.
1: <laughs> well, we're still a little ways from that. Okay. Uh, that uh, that was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> Just a joke. Kidding. Yes. Yeah. Um. You use the word practice. We practice. Practiced. And I use the word manufacture, which is the same thing. Yeah. It's trying to create what God has already given us. And that's the message. That's the message of this I think of this podcast is that we struggle to get what we already have.
0: Yes. I agree. Yep.
1: Um, so your your twenty six year old daughter? Yes. What does she do?
0: Cheyenne. She is my precious. I love her so much. Um, she actually. Um,
1: is that a line from, uh, from? Uh, <laughs> I heard my it. precious. I heard it. <laughs> what? The is Lord the of the Rings. Lord of the Rings.
0: <laughs> oh Lord! No. Let's say I love her. She's wonderful. <laughs> um she's actually just opened up it's called neve she just opened up her own um uh so she went to school and she basically does facial she's all into the to the beauty cosmetic side of things um neve is the name of her company and she does you know uh focuses like on facials and things of that um she does more and i'm just bad at Knowing all what that stuff is, but it's everything all of us ladies love to have and do for the most part. Um, and and she's also a personal assistant to um, a family over there that that owns a couple salons over and where in Utah. In Utah, I'm sorry. Okay. Yes, yep. she lives in, in Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay. South Jordan is where she resides, but um, she uh, manages pretty much everything for her. Um, and they're great. They're just so good. They're great to her. Um, and so yeah, that's what that's what Cheyenne does.
1: And then the 25 year old, he's yes. in Utah as well.
0: Yes, our son, he's married to Amanda, um, been married three years, and he actually is a plumber. So nice. he works for a big company over there. Wow,
1: that's calling. I got to tell you, being a plumber has to be a calling. It
0: has to. I'll say I'll say this. Um, he was a maintenance man for a while at uh, big apartment complexes, and he hated it. He did it, but he hated it. Um, but it was an avenue that got him into this company where he's can grow leaps and bounds. Now I don't know all of the ins and outs. It's not like it's a he. I know he he's so claustrophobic and he has to crawl into some small, crawly spaces sometimes. Oh my gosh! But I hear of some like fun stories too. Cool things he gets to see, places he gets to go. Cause you know someone doesn't want to change a toilet thing, so he gets to go and do it and. You know, see some cool things when he's doing it—homes and land and things like this.
1: That's awesome. Well, I was—I was in pest control for a while when I was in my early thirties, and I hated it—crawling under houses, oh, looking gosh. for termites. Mm. I just hated it. I hated. It. Yeah. And I would cry out to God, God, I hate this. You got to get me out of it. And God says, You know what? You're going to do this until you can embrace it uh-huh. as provision. Oh. What a horrible thing to that's say. That's a terrible <laughs> thing. <laughs> he said, I want you to love my provision, however I get it to you. And I go, geez. Can't you just make me a, I don't know. I wanted to be an artist. Ah. And I've always wanted to be an artist. And and th- that's what I finally became. I was a professional artist for about 25 years. I still do it. See? I still do it, yeah. But I guess I had to crawl on my belly underneath houses for a while first.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. So one of those contrast things. God loves to operate in contrasts. He does. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, what else? You are going through training here at Oneness. I am. Tell me about that.
0: I'm loving it. Um, I've done a lot of classes and and every time I've come up here, so I mean I've been I've started before oneness, um, but it's always been the same group of people that I've that I've seen, and I don't mean that cliche or, or trying to make it anything. It's just a personal drawing on on what. Well, I just feel like it's just been the Lord because it's not like I've always. You know, I'd do a class and then I'd be, you know, gone for a while. I'd do a class and I'd be gone for a while. But that was the Lord's way of helping me through my decoding process, coming out of the, you know, the religious mindset that I had, lifestyle I was living. Um, But so I've done, I feel like I've done every class that could be offered, but that's probably not fully true. Uh, But the class I'm taking. I am in a, I am in a group on, um, on Mondays and, um, I am so blanking out on the name of our group. I know we got to have one.
1: I am too. Um, what's the name of the book? Journey, journey? Journey?
0: We are, yes. So it is a journey. So basically it's, it's a whole, it's, it's a whole year and and embracing it was just like lord this is i said yes before i even knew what i was saying yes to
1: <laughs> i wish i had a nickel for every time i've done that too
0: <laughs> but i did i did have that conversation with the lord i knew this is what i was supposed to be doing so it didn't matter to me what it was and so um it is a training it is it is training to if i will be certified to be a you know a, a life coach mm-hmm. um and I'm just very open because life coaching to me is not just life. being a life coach the way I'm looking at it is I I'm extracting and and wanting all the things that the Lord has for me uh, to be free and I will work in that organically when I know it and mm-hmm. it's you know and I say in its fullness we're always learning I'm not gonna have everything nailed down but um, you know life coaching is anywhere and everywhere I go as far as, like, my family, those are the first ones I think of, you know, my kids, um, those that I have influence, you know, with, or not over. I don't mean over anyone, but anyone that, you know, that would, would come to me, that I would.
1: Yeah, we're all influential.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, it's very... It's a beautiful thing to be in a place where you can be yourself, transparent, real, and loved no matter what. Um, The things that I'm learning are truly, continually being building blocks of setting me free. Um, um, Securing me in knowing my true identity in the Lord. And um, we're about to embark. We're finishing up our our first quarter, I guess you would say. So... um, Uh, covenant is what we're going to look at next and i get to look at all of them
1: totally misunderstood concept covenants yes yes
0: absolutely and just getting a small taste and understanding new covenant i'm going to embrace looking at all the other covenants um that we you know get to look at it as history not take it on as this is you know this is we take tidbits of this and that and add it to there's no sewing anything on it
1: our applications yes Yeah.
0: and so um, I'm fully enjoying that class
1: that's awesome you have said several times coming out of religion define that term
0: define religion uh-huh oh bondage um to me uh, trapped performance, you know, do, you know, do whatever, what you do, do, do it better, do it more, um, faster, faster. Your perf, yes. Your performance is, you know, failing, you're burning out. What are you doing wrong? That's, um, I guess I'm, you know, using words that have been used to me In trying to be real and say, hey, something's not clicking right or something's not. Well, it must be something I'm doing wrong.
1: One of the most religious things we've heard, and you just brought it up by saying, I'm burning out. And you go to your, I've gone to my pastor and I said, man, I'm really struggling with this. Um, I'm approaching burnout. And his response was, well, are you having quiet time every morning? That's the most religious thing you can say to a person. Absolutely. Because it's not about quiet time. It's about dialogue. Yeah. And we are so focused on the project. We're so focused on the work that it's true. We forget about dialogue. And quiet time to me is a formula Is approaching this with a formula and I think that's religion too. Religion is a formula of how to make God pleased with me.
0: Yeah. Yes. We're always on this, you know, wherever we're taught with it, we're on this, we think we're on this journey that it's something that we have to do right to get his attention. Amen. It's something that we're not doing right that makes him turn away from us when that is so false that makes me want to cuss <laughs> um what word would you say that's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> and
0: uh, it's con- when it's constantly shoved down your throat you're thinking and see my thing was i had an issue with valuing myself um and thinking that i had something to bring to the table so i looked at our our spiritual leading leaders as they had it together and they knew what they were talking about <laughs> and um So in sharing with them these things, and when you get dumped on a little more, you just, you get that put in a little harder. Well, I got to, I'm, I got to try a little harder. I got to be more quote unquote, you know, spiritual, that quiet time in the morning or, you know, making sure you just, you're dotting all your I's and crossing all your T's. And that quite frankly is absolutely exhausting and um, completely unfair to ever put on someone.
1: And the foundation of that is what you just said, comparison.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm comparing myself to the illusion of what this guy up here has accomplished. Yes. That he doesn't have any struggle. He's not struggling with porn. Yeah. I am, but he doesn't. He's not. Yeah. And it's a lie. 80% of people in ministry struggle with porn.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's not just a man thing. It's not. So, you know... Um. Yeah, I think that it's really unfair yeah. that you know we we, we kind of put ourselves in a box too, I guess, when we in that comparison. Um, well, although it's
1: it's, a, it's more like a casket.
0: Yeah, definitely nailed. Yes, shut filling. Sometimes <laughs> you gotta chisel your way out. Yeah. Um, the beautiful thing about that is, although I thought I was chiseling my way out of something, the Lord was there, like you were saying earlier. Um, he was with you when you were looking at the screen. He's with me on the inside of, you know, my casket, not leaving me there, right. saying we're, you know, we're coming out. And we sometimes we don't like the process, you know, looking back, thinking, God, why, you could have snapped your fingers and made this. But I'll tell you what I'm thankful for about religion and being in that is I know what it looks like. Now I can identify it from a mile away.
1: And you can say you can no longer bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah, you can't bullshit a bullshitter.
0: (laughs) And that's the truth.
1: That's the truth. And
0: if I had to go through that to know what I know now, then I'm thankful for it. Mm -hmm. Because I wouldn't have known it if I hadn't experienced it. That's
1: right. That's the value. That's the value Mm -hmm. of contrast. Yes. You can't understand light Mm -hmm. if you haven't stood in the darkness for a while.
0: Yes. And I'm 42 and I feel like it's been pretty damn dark um most of my life. Oh, yeah. But um the the cool thing is 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 uh he's been in it all.
1: You're never alone. Never. Yep. Never. I mean, yeah, you think you can't see him, well you can't see him. Right. Because you're not looking. And one of the things about that I'm going to address in in this pod in this this video I'm doing Saturday is that The reason you can't hear God is that you're not listening.
0: That's so good.
1: You're not listening. Yeah. God's always talking. You're not listening.
0: Yeah. I completely agree with that. Because when you start, when you slow down and you actually start to listen, Uh you hear all kinds of cool things. Yes. And you're so free. Yes. We're so busy, you know, I think jabbering and, and looking at what we can see that we're not hearing what we can't see. Yep.
1: Jabbering. I like that. I like that we are, we are jabberers.
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm a jabberer.
1: <laughs> and jabberers manufacture. Jabberers can't be still because they're always jabbering. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, guilty. Yeah. That's me.
0: Totally. Yep. Guilty too. And I think that, you know, again, you know, when you slow that say, slow it down, take a step back, really look at, listen and believe, you know, believe what he says.
1: Finish your thought because I'm going to, you're, you just caused, I'm going to (laughs) unload (laughs) this.
0: You know, believe. If God says he's given us everything, believe that he's given you everything.
1: We are taught to focus on avoiding sin, correct? Yep, Yep. We spent our whole Christian lives trying to avoid sin. You know what sin is? Disbelief. I was going to go with unbelief, but disbelief <laughs> works as well.
0: Yeah.
1: We Sin is not the issue.
0: No, it's not a behavior.
1: Behavior is not the issue. No. Misbehaving is not the issue. Unbelief is the issue. Absolutely. All sin is forgiven. Yes. Past, present, and future. You can't get anything in between any of those where you have space to have sin held against you. That's right. They're all forgiven. The cross worked.
0: Yes, it did.
1: And so even for unbelievers, their sin is forgiven. They just don't believe it's forgiven. That's right. And so it all comes down to this one thing. Do you believe the truth about what God says to you that's right sometimes I don't
0: yeah totally Yep. and I and I've, I've lived there and but it if it comes down to believing that frees us that it's not the doing and when you know that it's not the doing that gets the Lord's attention if you want to say um, just believing what he says it releases that divine power in you not that it's pinned up not by him it's right. by our than not believing that he's that active. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And I'm I'm truly set more set free about knowing that it's, you know, when 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 the ugly wants to pop up in me, that's what I remind myself. It's not what not even the the think, you know, a thought comes in, "Oh, I'm a terrible person." No, you're not. No, you're not. You just don't line up with the lie. You know that, that I'm I believe that I am even if even if it wants to hang out a while. I believe That Jesus is bigger than that, and I just believe that He is who He says He is. He is who He says He
1: is. Wow, we probably should finish on that. That is very powerful. Um, because I got nothing else. I'm Uh,
0: feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling complete.
1: Yeah. So, thank you, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys for listening. Yes. I hope. I came. I've come away with a new friend. Yeah, me a new, too. A, 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 a new sister. I don't know. Whatever the yeah. whatever the term is. Thanks a lot. We are out.
0: See ya.